Hey there, Shop and Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office square. Hey, Chris, you probably didn't recognize me because I rearranged the office. It's different now. There's a plant behind me. Did you go, did you go 180 degrees? I 180 seeing... the whole freaking office. Got a, the, the, the uh, mega bookshelf is even more mega now. I got all my gundos okay. up. It's great. We're doing yeah, good. Yeah, it's a cooler background. It, it looks kind of futuristic, you know, like when you know when you watch like sci-fi movies where everything's just super bright for like some reason. Like Lightroom. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. The the sun goes past every single window in my office. Like directly beams its bright radiation into my uh <laughs> and uh it hurt my eyeballs and so I just had the windows closed all the time and um so I said, I'm going to change that and just put my back but to yeah. the sun. Oh, so. We're also, uh, we're three for three today for having musical instruments behind us. Yeah. Look, see, three gotta... being Brad Frost. He's on the show today. What's up, Brad? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Good to be here. Good. Yeah. Thanks. With yeah, our musical is... instruments behind us. Yeah. <laughs> Barely counts. I'm like, what are you doing back there? You little piece of junk. <laughs> little plastic things like for children. But it counts. It produces counts. sound. Um, this is a big show because hey, it's six oh one. We just finished. We got just went got past our milestone, and we did the future of the web stuff. And now all of a sudden, we're gonna you know we're gonna roll into talking about the future of the web more. This never happens on Shop Talk Show. First of all, we get some questions and comments from you all. Keep them coming in. That's really extremely valuable for the show. But the a bunch of them came in that just had a link in it to a post by Brad Frost that's like, wow, guys, you need to talk about this. Like a straight-up request to talk about this, this being a global design system. That's what Brad's post is called, a global design system. And it's quite a quite a shout-out for, uh, for like the world coming together on a technology thing. Hopefully I've characterized that okay. So that is our plan. We got Brad here. Brad liked the idea of talking about it on the show too. Probably you're going to be talking about this a lot in your life, Brad, because it sounds like you're pretty serious about it. So let's do this thing. Yeah, give us want, give us the elevator pitch, Brad. What yeah. is a global design system, and why do I need it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, elevator pitch. Uh, basically, I think what we are doing right now is spinning our wheels and rebuilding the same crap again and again and again and again and again for no real good reason. And so what I would love to see is kind of a single sort of source of truth, as it were, right, in design systems speak for things, common meat and potatoes stuff like alerts and text fields and select fields and radio fields and accordions and tabs and all of just the common fair UI components we see the world over. And in creating a global design system, we would basically dramatically improve the quality and accessibility of the world's websites and web apps and stuff because we don't have to worry about the designers copying and pasting things wrong or omitting ARIA, whatever. They just kind of get the solutions for free and it has all the good stuff baked right into it, right? And Which you kind of already get in a regular design system, right? Because I think you, you kind of start the most by kind of cheering on the idea that a design system's 
themselves were a good idea and have now become kind of a standard practice. Yeah, they are a good idea. And now it's time to take them further, right? So so it's like, yeah, so it's like what we see at this kind of like micro level, right? Added like an organization-wide level is it's like, hey, let's create the single source of truth for tabs, for accordions, for form controls, for like just basic common fare sort of stuff that we see across many different applications at an organization. And once you know, by sort of, you know, creating that source of truth, it prevents, you know, hundred, you know, our work is with like, you know, mega corporations that have hundreds, if not thousands of different digital products and teams governing and managing and creating stuff for those. So to like, you know, you talk about the savings of, you know, having, you know, a bunch of developers no longer having to build a button from scratch every time they need a button and instead they could just reach for the design systems button that saves up their human brains and potential to work on more important more fulfilling projects than sort of reinventing the same damn thing for the 17th time right and so the, the the kind of i, I talk about this in the post there's like this irony emerges right so it's like the need why we're all clamoring for design systems at an organization level is just like, hey, let's prevent this waste, right? Let's prevent this sort of just wasted energy, time, effort, money that goes into designing, building, shipping, maintaining, et cetera. All of these things again and again and again. Let's just do that once. And hey, that actually works. But whenever you zoom out, which is my lens as a design system consultant that works across many different design systems and have done that for the past decade, I see the same crap again and again and again and again. And all of the teams are all eventually coming to the same conclusions. We have an alert that, guess what? It's got an error variant. It's got a warning variant. It's got a success variant, probably like an info variant. And there's probably like a slot for an icon if you need it. Maybe you got some body stuff. Maybe it has a headline in it. Maybe it doesn't. But in any case, here is this thing that has a certain shape to it. It has a limited kind of feature set. And it's like when you cut across the world's design systems, like you see the exact same thing. Again and again and again, manifested differently, maybe built in different technologies, maybe, you know, aesthetically, it looks wildly different or can look wildly different. And, th and that's something to sort of get into. But semantically, structurally, behaviorally, these things are identical, right? So what if we so collectively said, here's this thing called an alert. <laughs> it's got a couple of variants to it. It might have an X button in it. It might not be dismissible or whatever. And we could kind of like for a couple dozen components, basically say, here is the kind of 80-20 rule, right? Majority of the use cases for something. Let's get that out there. And most people can reach for that to sort of handle their stuff. Like forms, forms is a huge one. If you talk about how many probably billions of accessibility errors there are on the web that have to do with a label not being associated with an input. If we just remove that entirely and just sort of said like, 
here's the component. You pass in like the label under the hood. It does the right thing. It always kind of creates the, the, the relationship between the label and the input. That would be a massive win for the web, right? For the quality of the, of the web. Because uh, what, what do we have in its stead, right? Like we have like, well, let's like yell at developers harder and louder to get them to care about this stuff. And it's like, we just... Yeah, you said not, in the post, it's, we have been doing that. It's not working. Yeah, it's not working. It's, and like when you look at like these, so many of like accessibility issues are just like these total like low hanging fruit things that it's like, rather than sort of chastising people and just sort of slapping them on the wrists or, and, and, and coupled with, well, it depends. Like there's, you know, the context matters. It's like, no, no, no. Like for most use cases for form controls, there is a basic shape. There is a agreed upon sort of thing. And it just gets like executed differently, weirdly and incorrectly across the world. So like, what if we were to sort of like focus our attention on like, let's just like get this right for the majority of the use cases, put that up, have the whole world, including you guys, go, here's here's the world's text field component. You would be an idiot to not use it. <laughs> <laughs> Done, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe that, maybe, because there is, you know, oh, my mind goes a million directions. There, you're, you do need some kind of marketing for it, right? You do, would need to c- convince people to use it, and maybe negging is, is, is the way to do it, to, <laughs> to say, like, you're going to do it wrong, so use this. But, but, you know, circling back to the alert one, because you spelled the alert one out pretty nicely, right? You, you, I think you're right. There are, you know, there's, there tends to be four states to them that uh, sometimes they have headers, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have icons, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have X buttons, sometimes they don't. That's like three things. And maybe we're, you know, as we put stuff in the bucket of options for that particular component, now we're up to say 87% of of needs, right? But not all of it. I wonder if you you thought about that that type of thing. Like, are you cool with 87%? Are you trying to get to 100%? You know, like a... Yeah, I I think that that's not realistic to to try to get to 100%. And this is sort of, I think, brings up like one of the things that I sort of spell out in the post is that I am seeing this as like a a layer on top of HTML, right? Because I think like the sort of efforts to date and and Dave, I know you have like a lot of firsthand experience with this. this is like, let's get this like into HTML, like into like the spec. And with that, when you're sort of working at that level, you have to get to 100%, right? You need to like handle the like 100% of use cases. And what about this? And what about this like weird edge Mm. case? And by sort of creating a layer that sits on top of it, you sort of give yourself permission to be like, here is just like the kind of common fair stuff the, the, the overwhelming majority use cases, but doesn't necessarily need to hand like a button for a global design system doesn't need to support your custom SVG starburst animated wowie zowie button, but it is going to sort of support, you know, the types of buttons you see on most websites that you interact the, the with. The like right? basic jobs. Basic yeah. jobs, right. And I think that that's, that's, that's so much of this is just like, it, this has to be 
pragmatic and practical. And this is like, it's the thing that like breaks my heart that I go into all these organizations and everyone is just burning their <laughs> energy, rebuilding this stuff again and again. And like, and it's, it's hard as a consultant because you kind of like your job is to sort of have them sort of come to the the conclusions but it's like i i could just like fast forward to the end and you're going to end up with a component that looks like this it sounds like this it's shaped like this it's going to do these things it's, it's not going to do these other things and it's just like you do that for as many years as i've done it and you're just like okay this this is where my mind goes is it's like wouldn't it be nice <laughs> it's a little it's a trick it's like the you have to convince them that it was their idea sort of you know but almost like the like it's oh yeah we i'll come up with this great element that you click these buttons and then it'll show different things and right. it's like that's tabs but this, but, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, an, it's so important to stress this. And, and I sort of talk about it in the post is this is just like, you know, we've worked with Fortune 500 companies. We've worked with e-commerce companies. We've worked with like high, you know, enterprise web apps. We work with nonprofits. We've worked with startups. We've worked with all this stuff. Like the stuff is the same across the board right it does it like you are not creating the fortune 500 company tabs it's like tabs or tabs or tabs or tabs or tabs it does it doesn't matter this stuff and like if we had a global design system that kind of took care of the sort of common fair stuff it frees the teams up to focus on how do we wield these ui ingredients to create things that are special for our specific line of work, right? Like, and, and I think that, that that's the more interesting stuff, right? Like, how do we create, you know, it, focus our, our efforts on creating the custom wowie zowie components or the highly interactive things, or just like we use accordions in this way because this is our audience. Like, just focusing more on like, here's what our organization does differently. Right. And to free teams up to focus on that rather than having to sort of rebuild badges. <laughs> just kind of coming up from whole cloth, like from scratch. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's just like, and we work with teams who have like often been on that journey. Right. So they've, they've been at this for, you know, maybe a year, maybe three years or whatever. And like you all are there. Right. It's like you all have products and things and you've built these things. It's like, okay, it takes a while to get to like the critical mass of it's like, yeah, we've got our component library. Now we're sort of ready to go. We don't have to do this, but it's like, there's a lot of effort to just get to that point. Mm. And then the redesign happens and then, Oh yeah, we're going to burn it down or we're going to redesign. Right. So maybe you ended up in a good spot, but it took you years to get there. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. And, and, and then when we start over, God, yeah, I could see that being disheartening for somebody too, who like switches jobs or something or is tasked with building a new one of these and almost have that heart sinking like, okay, let's just do yeah. literally exactly what we did at the last job. Yeah. 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 
This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jam. That's jam.dev. Awesome URL. Go to jam.dev slash shop. It's a really clever bug reporting tool, and it's for internally on Teams. It's like, imagine you're in Slack with a fellow developer, and they send you a thing like, oh, on the item page, that's like broken or something. You get some, and I'm super guilty of sending this to people I work with. Just thinking in my head, like, oh, well, just go to the item page and look then. You'll see the error, too, if you're on my branch or you've pulled master or whatever. But maybe they don't see it. You know, like that's not enough information. Like what if it was effortless to still be that lazy, <laughs> but also give that other developer all the information they could need to make sure that they can reproduce that bug? Because it's just as easy as taking a screenshot. Like if you see the bug and it's visual in some way, which is that's my job in the world, you drag a screenshot over it in the browser, and then you can optionally annotate it, like point at it or write something if you need to or whatever, but you don't even have to do that. But by virtue of you having done it in the browser, you get all this additional information, like all the console output is there. So if there's an error in the console, which is highly likely in a JavaScript application, they'll see that without you having to like, remember to screenshot that or copy and paste it or whatever. And the network requests and all the information about the browser that you're in at the moment and version and on what operating system and device and all that stuff. Reproduction steps, you can add comments to it too, but you don't have, you know, what you have to do is just take a screenshot quick and be like, this is a bug. Effortlessly small, what a clever product. And then that becomes the bug report. So check it all out at jam.dev shop. I love it. My experience with building Luro is, um, you know, I, I look at a lot of design systems, import them into Luro as like test cases. And, you know, I'm doing the figmas and I'm doing the storybooks and importing all this stuff. And what's uncanny is just no two design systems are the same, which is like for a very systematized machine, like we're all thinking in systems, like what does this need to do? What does it need to be called? None of them are the same. And that like was a very like shocking revelation to me because we have, you know, all these people drinking from the same well, drinking the same Kool-Aid, but then we end up with totally different things at the end. Um, even like in the same organization, the Figma in the storybook are a hundred thousand percent different. And it's like, why? What what happened? You know, I mean, I know. It are happened. there any similarities? I mean, there um, must like the, the actual. I mean, like tree. the button is always correct, <laughs> but like, but like beyond that, it's like very weird. Things are called different. Things are like yeah. you know shaped different. And it's it they're they're called different, but but again, sort of conceptually, they're identical. Like I, I think that that's like the thing that we've seen like in our work is it's just like you know someone might call it you know alert variant equals. Um, warning. And then the next team calls it, you know, alert, uh, you know, style equals warning or whatever it is, mm. or, 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 you know, maybe uh, error or danger instead of error or something. And it's like, these are arbitrary differences, right? Like it's, it, and that's like part of the frustration is that it's just like, th this isn't, it's not like healthy drift, you know, it's like unintentional drift. That's funny. I wonder if, yeah. So you got to get people to 
uh, hopefully people wouldn't care that much. If you were provided with a bunch of value, you're probably not going to be too picky about the name of the Chris, attributes. you'd be surprised at how pedantic people can be. <laughs> oh, I know they can, but you know, the, <laughs> things can change too. You know, I, I think the predominant opinion on tabs versus spaces now is I don't care. I just want the editor to be configured correctly so that yeah. when I press the keys that I'm already used to pressing, that it gets consistent output. Like that's the most normal. You might yep. have a dumb little pedantic opinion. But you probably don't care that much because text editors. Yeah, are that it doesn't. Good. It doesn't matter. It does. Ultimately, your yeah. opinions don't matter. People are weird and like get hung up on like sort of certain yeah. things. But for the majority of people, and 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 things like linters and stuff are like a great example. It's like we are increasingly getting to a point where we can kind of conceptualize, and we're we're doing this with AI as well. Where we're able to sort of like conceptualize. Here's a thing. It's called an alert. It's got this shape to it and then the machines actually generate mm. the stuff so it's like increasingly like the typescript versus no typescript or yeah like and any of that stuff like is is kind of falling by the wayside because who cares really it's like at the end of the day we want a thing called an alert that we can put on our web page what's going on under the hood the html the semantics of it half of the styles, the majority of the styles, really, it's like, d- nobody cares. No, and, and nor should they, right? And I think that that's like, there's some interesting stuff kind of tied up in here with like um, HTML web components and sort of stuff like that. And like, I, I love it. At the same time, I'm like, I'm fully in favor of wholesale removing a lot of front-end development from the majority of application developers. I don't think that they should have to understand a whole lot of markup. I think that they should be able to be like, I need an alert. I need a grid of cards. I need, you know, these badges, this button group with these things in them in a pagination component. And there's my category mm-hmm. detail page. Like they, they shouldn't have to know the semantic markup of that. They should just be able to sort of like pull from components and focus on their job. Maybe another way to put it. <laughs> I'm helping you out, Brad. You're dra- you're just killing yourself with the shop talk audience. No. <laughs> it's great. No. It's great. Yeah, this is this is me me pouring gasoline over just, myself. Oh God, you did it, man. No. I, I you know, we talk about pits of success, right? Like like how do you make it to where if somebody who doesn't know what they're doing ends up kind of in the right place and you know like uh, you know, I think label for some ID input ID is like just a classic blunder, you know? Um, and so like, how do you create a pit where even if it's not like all HTML, they, they didn't, um, uh, for lack of a right. better term, get up. <laughs> just, yeah. 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 Like, how, how do you, and, and we talk about this all the time in design systems. How do you make, the easy thing, the right thing. And that's 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 what we're after, right? How how do we do that? And now I think technologically it's possible to actually sort of like deliver a solution that is like themable, customizable, extensible, like whatever. It's like it's it's not like so like rigid where it's like it like it it's going to look exactly like this and you have to like hack a bunch of CSS in order to get it like on brand. It's like, no, like that's it's absolutely possible to sort of like 
serve these things as kind of like aesthetically kind of blank slates, but all the behavior, the right semantics, all of that stuff is is in place. I, that's I, I a think good that place that, to go with this. I think is that is that I then I think that seemed to be where your vision was. Is that it's largely unstyled. Like, do you think that the success of this thing would be that? It has to be. It has to be. Like, so, so, and and that's what like some of the the reactions to it and stuff was like really interesting. They're like, oh well, we have material designer, we have bootstrap, or like how is this, this is just like another of that. And it's like, no, these things are great. People reach for them. They come with a default aesthetic that it takes labor, it takes work to kind of undo and then redo and customize and sort of make these and bend these things to your will. And that's what we see time and again in our work is the teams that have adopted these things end up making a big old mess because they have to sort of hack it and whatever. So the idea of like kind of having it as like a here's this vanilla base, fully unstyled BYOB brand, BY bring your own brand to here. Here's your like theme CSS custom properties. You sort of, you know, flow your tokens kind of through these things. You know, mm. do, do whatever you need to okay, do. So it's unstyled, but not particularly challenging to style. I'm, I'm honing in on this because I think there's a, a whole bunch of people out there, not that I have any data to back this up, but reach for a design system, one that's publicly available, of which there are many, 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 the two, some several of which you already named, mm-hmm. because it provides design. That's yeah. what they're trying to get out of it. They They might care a little bit about accessibility or something, but probably not as much as I'm getting free design out of this. That's Ooh. why I picked it. And so yeah. I'm not going to pick this weird one that Brad made. Yeah. And that's not the... I'm not making not, this. No, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> Just make that perfectly clear. Uh, no, so uh, the world is going to make this. We're going to come together like a Michael Jackson thing and hold hands. And, and I think it. and I think that that's, that's just it. It's, yeah, we are the world. And it's like, here's the Tailwind UI theme for the global design system. Here's the bootstrap theme. Here's the material design theme. Here's the like whatever. Here's yeah, the... I think that's a strong choice. I There are themes available. Yeah. So I absolutely. still can get the free design if I want, but I but I also cannot get the free design, which could be which was that's what whatever Wells Fargo is going to do. Undergirding it all is this like vanilla base that is that is agnostic to to pretty much anything, right? Yeah, that seems kind of best had, of both worlds. It's cool. like smarts as it needs to, and like I'm th- this is stuff that like I'm you know it's a, a bit out of my depth, so like I have like some experience with it, but it's like things like you know, like logical properties and things like, you know, writing modes and sort of things like that. It's like, that's the stuff that's really hard. That would be great if like this foundationally can kind of take care of it. And then people are able to sort of like sprinkle their own, you know, do what they need Mm. to do aesthetically with it. But at the root level, it's kind of taking care of like the hard and or sort of easily mess (laughs) upable stuff. So then people are able to sort of, yeah, focus on the brand, focus on like the sort of UX of this yeah. stuff, right? Like the stuff that really differentiates your site versus the next. But then I totally could envision an ecosystem around it where there's just like big old theme libraries for accomplishing what you need to accomplish. So how does your, I mean, you're the atomic design guy too. That, that it was one of the notes I jotted down too, is that do you imagine this as at any particular 
level of that base thinking? Because it's kind of like, didn't you always say like the, the atom level or what, what's the smallest one in atomic Adams, design? Yeah. The atom, yeah, is <laughs> like the really individual stuff. And those are hard to screw up, right? There's like, there's not a wrong button. Button can only be wrong in context, but just a button element sitting there can't be like inherently incorrect. But it's the combination of things that make them incorrect, like the like the form label one that you brought up, which is a great one. The pe- yeah. Unbelievable how much how much people screw that up. But once those two things are combined, that's what you call the molecule, right? That's two things combined. Do you think that this this design system is more molecule-y than atomy? No, I, I'd, I'd say that it's more like atomy. All of it molecule or maybe some organism level like more complex things but like in general it's at the bottom not the it's top in thing. general they're they're more like yeah like sort of simple yeah. combinations of a couple elements that are working together as a group and and that's that's i think the value of it and then i also think that it's important for the you know for certain things to be wildly composable right so something like a card it's like, well, what what would a global design system card component look like? And I'll a tell div. you because we've done this with a, a bunch of our clients. Is like it looks like a box that has a border, maybe a border radius, maybe a box shadow. Maybe there's a variant where it strips all that stuff away, and it's just the the kind of invisible container for it. And that's literally it, right? And it's got a mm. couple slots where you can kind of put the content, and that's not. The job of the designs, the global design system, or even uh, an organization-wide design system, is not to sort of figure out what goes in the box. It's just kind of providing the box as a concept. Right? Here's this box. You put stuff in, and then elsewhere at a different layer, right, of this sort of ecosystem, the teams or the e-commerce team is saying, "Okay, I'm going to take the card." I'm going to put this stuff in it in order to create the product card. The analytics team is going to put this stuff in it to make the sort of customer data card. It might be the difference between a really public design system and 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 an internal one. Whereas if I'm building this and it's only for me, that like my tendency to turn up the dial on how opinionated I want that component, like I almost want it kind of high. Like I want this to be so specific to us. Whereas this that card component is a perfect example of like dial it down to almost zero, no opinion at all. So is that, would you kind maybe try to keep that as close to zero, like across the board, like the alert component don't enforce that the header is at the top of an alert for some reason, maybe it's in the middle or something. You, you, that's an intentional dialing down of the opinionatedness of that alert. I, I think if, you know, that would be a advantage of a design system like this is kept that opinionatedness level, whatever place you dial it consistent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly right. It's like, it's like these things would need to just be like incredibly flexible to be able to, you know, some people want to stuff, whatever Charles Dickens into their alert component. And that should be possible, even though it's probably not advisable. Other people, yeah, you know, and again, we've seen it (laughs) again and again. It probably has an icon, but maybe sometimes it doesn't. It might have a heading and some body text to the alert. Sometimes it doesn't, right? Like maybe there's even a subhead to this, or maybe you're like putting a button group inside of it. But if it's all the way down to zero... It's like the it's like almost like the value gets lower. But it isn't though. It's because not. like there's like aria stuff attached to it and mm. it, it just even 
I think that there's like really so, there's something to like even something like a card. Well, it's like what's the value of just shipping this box? It's like well maybe especially because this thing would be connected and like updatable, right? You update things under the hood to improve accessibility, to improve whatever internationalization, to improve whatever, like sprinkle some metadata in there that makes like the concept of a card, right? It deserves to exist and for people to use it and interact with it like in this way. Under the hood, like, standards people, people who really know what's what can like continue to sort of like improve upon the accessibility, the semantics, the structure, all of that stuff. And then everyone just kind of like downstream from that, that's ingesting these things get to get to. Yeah. I wonder if just the consistent usage of it gives you opportunity going forward be like, well, all this stuff uses the card. So we have this like level of control to. Yeah. So um, it's like, so I think that even for something that's like, quite frankly, just kind of a div or <laughs> whatever. Right. To, to carve it out as like, here's this concept called, the UI concept called a car that is connected. And then all of a sudden, like there's there's this like road towards like improvement, right? Over time. And that's what we see with design systems is like whenever you, you know, ship VO dot one of an accordion component and then you come find some errors or bugs with it, you ship the next version of it. Mm. Teams pull down that new accordion component, bada bing, bada boom, those issues are fixed. Let's like, imagine doing that at a global scale. <laughs> like, it's amazing. That would be incredible. What What's the response been like? I, I feel like I saw, well, congrats to you for like hot dropping this and then going to the Philippines for like two weeks. That's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Like that was really pro move there. Um, but then like, uh, Ain't nothing like a deadline, Dave. Yeah. I mean, Hey, that's good. You just like <laughs> hit it and then just had like a vacation of a lifetime in the Philippines. Um, but, but like, I feel like if I were to stereotype, like Twitter was like, Oh hell yeah, dude. And then like Mastodon's like, I'm not so sure about this. So like what, um, you know, maybe those are characters of those two those <laughs> platforms. But like, what? I guess what? What was? Yeah. What's the feedback like, and what? It, what's kind of circling around in your head now that's been a couple weeks out? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about it. I think a lot of people. I've heard a lot of. I've been saying this for years. And Chris, you even mentioned earlier, it's like the disheartening, like I go to my third job and it's like, oh, we're doing this again. Okay, here, like, here we go. Like, wouldn't it be nice? So it's like, this isn't exactly like a revolutionary idea. I feel like, you know, like like a lot of things that I, <laughs> I apparently seem to be a part of is just like taking common knowledge and shouting it loud enough where people <laughs> I don't know it's like <laughs> you're the guy at the party who tells other people's jokes but louder and so you're like and everyone laughs because like Brad said it louder yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's good yeah that's weird uh, but anyways so yeah a lot of people I think like a lot of people are like where do I sign up like how do I get involved in this like I think like I you oh, know just immediately that's cool they just oh, they're like a, this is an amazing, amazing idea I'm in yeah. It was so funny. Like the first time I actually have been sort of uh, spoken at a couple of conferences about it. And like after the first time I ever talked about it, somebody came up to me and they're like, so like, where is this? Like, how do I like, you know, like, where's like 
the sign up form. I'm like, I literally just said this <laughs> for the first time. So, so, so that's been great because I think, and yeah. in, in overwhelmingly, that is the thing. I think that there's skepticism has been <laughs> one is that would good idea, but that would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. <laughs> like, so, so right there with you on that one. So I think that that's like a valid thing as like mm-hmm. taking this from like harebrained idea to sort of something that actually exists and whatever. Obviously, like being totally eyes wide open with it, probably a big multifaceted effort, probably multi year effort, but whatever we're used to that stuff right on the web it's like it kind of is it reminds me of a startup or a big open source project it needs funding it needs people it needs marketing it needs all the stuff but uh, but also it's it's like like kind of where it lives too, like really matters because it isn't a startup or it isn't a company like i think that like i see this as like a this is w3c ish arena which is to say like we need like a central Switzerland, Sweden, you know, neutral kind of party that is just like, here is this, it is like more infrastructure than it is like, you know, sort of like a, uh, a new company or something. Like yeah, that. that's interesting. Yeah, that the, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to roll with a benevolent dictator style, which is no. a way that things can get done. No. This would be it would be all no. committee or and whatever. Great work. You know, like open UI is like a great project. It's like right. they've already been, you know, trailblazing i think like a lot of stuff um you know on this i think that this is like a little bit more of like a we'll say like more of a tangible outcome of what open ui is already doing it's like open ui is like kind of getting a lot of stuff to gel in order to sort of like standardize things and it's like yeah well like maybe instead of again kind of going like the standards route where we're going to like be creating a bunch of new html tags for instance it's like a well, maybe some output. Of yeah, it. they almost had a different. Wasn't that the goal, or still is? Is that they ultimately want the the thing to be in HTML, right? Yeah. So that's a almost a different end goal. I I kind of wrote down one of their things because tabs is one that's easy to throw around as like an obvious one that people are sick of doing. That's it, for some reason it's like the number one one that I've done the most in my career that makes me the the most annoyed that I'm doing it again, but. I remember, you know, and Brian Cardell wrote about this and everything. There has some has some post about tabs specifically. Remember the whole discussion about spicy sections. Dave was involved with that. I think sure you made do. one too. Is that when you try to define what a tab is, it is non-trivial. There's a lot of things that a tab can mean, um, and so they struggled with that. I think, and like, well, like if we're going to pick one for actual HTML, which is a huge bar, a very high bar, like don't act, don't put sloppy crap into HTML, please. That it was just, it, I think it in the end was too hard. There was no one definition that that worked. And, and that's, I think, it, it's it's like a great cautionary tale, or or a great like tale that it really exemplifies this this idea of like when you're having to deal with a hundred percent of use cases it, it it's going to go sideways because it's going to get pulled apart by all the details but like when you like sort of go out of that sort of standards layer again don't get crap in html you have this idea of it's like well we have this place where we could at least handle the majority, the vast majority of use cases for these things and handle that and ship that and like, and, you know, 
have success with this stuff. And I'm maybe, fascinated by and that. maybe over time that could graduate to a standard. Maybe some of them don't ever. Like I, I kind of see these things and I talk about it in the post. It's like I see like HTML as like the real like low low level IKEA parts, the dowel rods and the screws and the whatever. Right. HTML is not going to ship a combined label and input probably. Like it's too that's too weird. But all of those things exist and but but people don't use them on their own at that kind of atomic level. They use them together and that's where everybody screws it up. So wouldn't it be great? to provide the combination <laughs> of those things. They're just forms. Like, like, like if you want to talk about MVP, we ship global design system that just has form controls in it for basic rudimentary stuff like a text field and uh, you know, radio group, checkbox field, select field, text area field, right? Just just that only does the label yeah. input matching and has like some some sensible stuff for like validation states. Great conversations though, because uh, if you're trying to, the alert one, you know, I just, I don't know, I always like to be so practical about this, but maybe I should dial it back. But now there's a dialogue element in HTML. Yeah. It's so good. I just used it yesterday. I'm like, uh, like I found one little thing I didn't like, but, but I was like, holy crap, you open it and it's a, freaking thing with focus trap in the middle of the screen Beautiful. and it's spread across the board now baseline support wow right and if your opinion on what goes inside of that dialogue is zero you don't need a component because you already got one html already gave it to you mm-hmm. and it's starting to happen more and more i've maybe you saw oh, i think this might have happened while you're in the philippines so please you know don't it's, it's cool ios shipped input type equals checkbox switch you put this little attribute on it and it looks exactly like a toggle and i'm like man that's in a lot of design systems the little back and forth toggle great then they shipped the put the name attribute on on what are those things called detail summary now you got a native accordion because it's or the mutually exclusive type of accordion anyway uh really neat you know and you know this conversation is old too remember input type equals date came out 10 years ago and we're all like oh thank god we don't need date pickers anymore which didn't quite pan (laughs) out the way we all wanted it to but like html is kind of trying to be this you know it's it's great but 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 it moves at its own pace layer a necessarily right. slow, comprehensive layer, and we want to protect that, right? Like we want HTML to move at the pace that it needs to work at. We want browsers to move at the pace that they work at to like get things right, right? But there's this like need, like r- right now, like the chasm is like so big. It's been like here's all like the raw ingredients, and then like do your thing on top of them, and it's and and that's all we've had to work with. And there's just so much room for error in that gap. So that's that's why I'm like kind of putting this idea of a global design system in between there where it's like mm. you can have a date picker component that's using input type date like whatever under the hood and like it, that one's maybe too complicated of a of a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I get we'll sort too, of set but... that aside, but it's like the toggle is a great example one where it's like maybe there is a toggle or or maybe there is a modal in the global design system that's using the dialogue tag under the hood, right? So it's like it's using HTML's like raw ingredients, but it's maybe like adding a little bit more. Yeah, it kind of has to, right? Because you have to call JavaScript APIs to open it and stuff. So because like because because the dialogue 
tag, my understanding of it is like it doesn't have an X button, for instance, right? It's like it you got to bring that to BYO. So that's a good example where it's like maybe the global design systems modal component would be a composed, you know, so using the dialogue I would tag, use it. but then it also has a button that's yeah. tabable, you know, keyboard accessible. It's like, Boy, howdy, how many times have we seen that screwed up? Well, think of it too, because I just did this the other day. I was like, oh crap, it doesn't have an X button. So I so I did it and I was like, oh, now I need an X button. And I'm sure everybody else has their own little muscle memory for this. You can use the, uh, if you're like most companies in the world, you use the literal letter X. Like, that's, that's nice. I love it when they do that. <laughs> or if you're really cool, you mm. use the, uh, the, like the Unicode Good, yeah. multiplication symbol, you which looks do, a lot use Elon X. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it, but of course that's going to read as a multiplication symbol. So you, your opportunity to screw that up has already times, <laughs> surfaced. Times. Or you go to, you know. <laughs> Button. Times. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. But of course that's not going to happen in this global design system. We are going to have that solved for you. It's going to have a correct label on it already it's going to be wired up to the right api for correctly closing the modal and returning focus to where it came from i i will say like so i was involved in open ui and i you know not when i read your post i was like good luck brother i mean that was like my feeling because you know spent two years like trying to get a tabs thing to work and it you know kind of got swoop and poop by aria mm-hmm. and that's like fine like uh, like i like Closing doors is is good for me. I like closed doors because that just means I don't go that way anymore. <laughs> yeah, like like tabs is a hard problem. Oh, the the success story of spicy sections was, you know, we showed a com- a, a web component to browser makers and I had multiple people from Chrome say, "Yeah, we could do that." Like that is amazing. Like that's a that's something like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if I'm giving you like jQuery UI, they're not gonna they'd be like, oh no, what am I looking at? You know, and and if I give you React CRUD, it's like, oh, I'm not sure how much of that's React and how much is, you know, web platform. And but you show a uh, a web component, and it's like, yeah, we could probably do that. That seems like doable. And so now you're talking about an object that's real and close to the platform, not talking about something that's kind of buried into a 12 dependency hell. That's precisely it. It's like this stuff is like, is wielding HTML. It's close to the metal. It is like all web standards stuff, just these nice little encapsulated web standards bundles that we'd deliver. Now there's like a whole thing and and I kind of have a forthcoming article on kind of like the state of like web components and stuff. And it's like, it's like, you know, that, that ain't done. Yeah. You know, the, the, the dust hasn't like quite settled there. So it's like, I think that from an implementation standpoint, it's like, we're like close to being able to like, I think realize this, but I don't think that it would be like without, you know, challenges like at, at the kind of like web component, like platform, like levels. But I think like the sort of the scale and the scope of this and like kind of what this would be, I think would be a really good sort of like lens by which to kind of shore up maybe some of those deficiencies with with web components right now. Um, You know, where it's like, oh, it'd be great if this could work a little better, you know, whatever SSR wise or whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of and that. Like participate on forums, and yeah, you're going to run into about every edge case there is, probably with doing it doing it that way. It does seem to be like kind of like the to me the only answer. Like let's say you were you know before web components were as in a decent spot as they are in now, and your goal in the world was a global design system your choices were either to like just ship it as HTML and CSS kind of bootstrap style, right? They didn't go in on a framework or go in on a framework, which you know is super limited. So you'd have to make this really hard choice of like, oh, I guess we'll build it for the top three or something. We've seen that happen before. We'll build it for Svelte React and Vue or something like that. Uh, that's probably not where this is headed, right? They'd be like, you have no interest in building a multi-JavaScript framework global design system. No, no, that that's just it. It's like this is all like very like common, fair, like right. agnostic stuff, right? Like this is like, I I think like even sort of stepping away from from web components as a technology, although I think that that is like a win there. Like it, I think of these things more kind of conceptually, right? It's like, what's what's the requirements for the, like a sensible alert component, right? What are the names? Like, what's like the API kind of design for an alert component, mm. for instance? And then that can be manifested in all sorts of different technologies, right? Yeah. Including things like Swift or Flutter or like you know, like other things like that. So it doesn't necessarily like have to be even like web specific it's like it's more about just like kind of identifying these things as concepts and like kind of bundling them up but then yeah when it comes to the web shipping them in a way that is you know can travel anywhere i think that you got to be talking about web components i think uh, imperfect as they are. Right, right. Although it's, you know, it'd be interesting to come up with the list of possibilities, you know, it's like you could, you know, you could just have kind of like re- recommended HTML and CSS and delivered yeah. in that way. And I mean, that was always the thing, right? Like just the whole kind of coming back to and, and forgive me for kind of harping on, I think that a lot of accessibility folks really well intentioned, want to do the right things. And it's like a lot of times I'm just like, give me the copy paste tab html and then there's just like ends up in this big sort of circular like well it depends and like whatever and it's just like i i fundamentally don't buy that like again if you're talking about 100 percent use cases for every tabs on the internet sure it, it depends but for the overwhelming majority of use cases of a thing there is actually like a correct answer for this stuff like when it comes to just like basic html structure and whatever so it's like let's harness that centralize that stuff sure maybe public you know here's the html what's happening inside of like the shadow mm-hmm. dom for whatever it's like if you if you can't use web components for whatever reason like here's that copy pasteable version but for you know insofar as you're able like really have this as like a truly commu- uh, consumable component library because that's that's directly connected and again you sort of get those updates for free you get like the the the, the true value of it yeah if you can't i mean copy and paste kind of stops that dave and i were just talking about there's this there's this popular one that's um specifically says this is not a component library it's called shad you shad cn i don't know if you've seen this one brad but it has such a it's unique in the world of design systems a little bit in that it's kind of like a cli you're like oh i need an alert you type in like 
NPX shad CDN ad alert. I'm sure I have that all wrong, but it just then goes and gets the code and just sit into your project and then you just have it. It's not NPM installed. It's not versioned. It's not anything like, I mean, they might internally have versions or something, but they've just barfed the code for that component now into your system and you're on your own. Whatever you want to do to it, yeah, you can do. Little, little boilerplate. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like found it. it cool and interesting. And then to, to see it have be a, become as popular as it is, is interesting to me that people are, I, I, I think, attracted to the idea of how it's used as much as what it's giving you. Yeah. They like that idea. So I don't know. I would have never thought of that without seeing them have broke that ground. I would have never thought that that could be a successful way to distribute a design system in a million years. That's similar to what my team's working on. Is it? That big medium with, with AI is just like, I need, I need this thing. And it gives you the thing. And you still have complete control over the generated source code. But what we're able to do is like dial it into a specific set of code guidelines. Like here's our standards. Here's our code standards. And we want you to be trained on that. And we want you to give me the next component that looks exactly like the other ones in the same sort of shape and whatever. And it's cool because, again, you were sort of getting away from like, developers needing to be to focus on all the sort of eye-watering details of like every FL statement or every like, oh, did you get the 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 TypeScript syntax right on this thing? It's like we're we're increasingly that's becoming a commodity, right? So it's like there there is, I think, some like really interesting intersections between what's happening with AI and code in general. And this also this idea of global design systems. And it really like gets existential pretty quickly because it's like, well, what exactly are we doing here? But I think if there's like one overarching thing to sort of say about this and like why I care so deeply about this idea is like I see incredibly smart, incredibly talented people totally wasting their finite time on earth here rebuilding that alert like we're we're better than that like we we have yeah. more to do on this planet than debug <laughs> does the accordion close when you click on it again like let's let's collectively get out of that and actually like be able to use our brains and stuff and like we we see it all the time with like our design system stuff it's just like like what do i do with my hands if i don't have to like rebuild this rectangle again and and we're like Here's some thoughts. And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gardening? That's great. So it's like I, I, I care about people being able to realize their potential as human beings. So you want to get as many people to use this, which I think is the, that's the core tenet. I mean, you wouldn't have called it a global design system if you're shooting for 300 users. You know, you want a lot of users. You want all the users, which I think is interesting. So you got to make choices that maintain the maximum number of users. And that's the challenge here. It's like every choice you make, it's like you start with everybody in the world is your target audience that Mm -hmm. needs one of these things. And then every choice you make from that day forward, you're going to lose some. Yeah, You're going to say, oh, we're going to, we're going to use web components. Oh, I hate those. You've lost 10% right there or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, just even, even if it's not even a rational choice, you you lose some people or, you know, 
we're gonna we're gonna ship it unstyled, and you got a BYO theme. Ah, you you lost some people. Yep. Oh, we're, you know we're, we don't have this component because we don't think it it's a, an appropriate one to put in here. Ah, you lost somebody. You know, but you, now it's your job to try not to lose people and not build the Homer car. So you have like yeah. two problems. Yeah. And I think that that's and we see it all the time, right? Where it's like we see designers do things like that's kind of sort of like the basic standard thing, but they want to like do something fancy that's largely like an arbitrary choice. And I think the the gist with this is it's like here's like really pragmatic meat and potatoes kind of stuff that you build up enough of that that you'd be crazy not to use it. And it's like, oh, if you do want to do weird, wonky, different things or things that are like parallel but different, you still have all of the tools at your disposal to do it the old-fashioned way right? and, and, and build, build things the way that you want to do it. But I think that there, what we see in our work is like as time goes on, as a design system like becomes more mature, there's more kind of external pressure i think from like stakeholders is just like wait if we use this we could build this thing in a day but if we want to like not use that it's going to take us how long again it just becomes kind of like a no-brainer <laughs> right and I, th- I think that for this common fair stuff that we encounter again and again and again that's i think the goal is that you would want it to be like here it is it's done it's solved and like you work with like the grain of this, then you get all this great stuff for free and you can move on to bigger, better things. I think that that'd be like extremely attractive. But yeah, people are going to continue to be weird and have opinions on, well, I wouldn't do it like this. I'd call it this other name. Great. Go do that. And like, let's see how your boss (laughs) likes you saying that that's going to take you like three weeks to do instead of like three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the secret with web components. You can just say, class, my button extends Brad's button, and no one knows the difference. <laughs> it's a trick. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, extends keyword. Beautiful thing. Hey, uh, <laughs> I think we do have to wrap this up here, Brad, but um, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Um, for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? <laughs> uh, I, my personal website's bradfrost.com. My, my business website and me and my team been working on great stuff along these lines is bigmedium.com. And uh, you could also check out, or I did, did want to plug it. If it, can we plug yeah, it? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Frostapalooza.bradfrost.com. Frostapalooza is the best perfect name for this you want to do it i, I kind of want to hear you guys pitch it 40 <laughs> musicians two great causes one epic night i'm just reading <laughs> from the website but brad's it if you didn't know this and a very excellent musician talented drummer even better bass player i don't know if that's fair we are equally great at both of those things and probably lots of other i don't even know what your full suite of instruments is but uh, but extremely good musician and and passionate about it and you're turning forty right sorry if that's right. not supposed to be part of it but Brad's turning no, forty part of it so this is this is your Porsche man this is your midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> <Love it. laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I, Brad scouted out like this beautiful church venue. Of course, I've never been. I don't. I haven't spent that much time in in Pittsburgh. But I think it's called the Mister Smalls Theater. The pictures of I seen it are amazing. So you found the perfect date. It's August seventeenth, twenty twenty four, and you've invited all these people you know, including us, yeah. which is amazing. I'm bringing my banjo, and I'm get to play on a couple of different songs on this night. And this is an open to the public event. It's literally on Ticketmaster. I don't know how you pulled that off, but people can go to frostapalooza.com or frostapalooza.bradfrost.com, click that get your tickets button, and you can literally come and see this show. And I think you're probably on every song, right? You're just up there the whole time because it's celebrating you and your 40th birthday and all that. And so your family members, friends, and the, the songs are all over the map. I'm on the country e ones but there's you know rock and roll and funk and all kinds of stuff right the all the the people playing or there's a big list on this it's going to benefit people i don't know i'm just very much looking forward to it. what an incredible idea for your for your 40th man it is it is it is going to be amazing like it's it the idea of having like 40 plus musicians for a night of music like unlocks so many possibilities and the fact that like we have you know it's like cutting across a lot of different genres cutting a lot across a bunch of different styles and you have like all these people you know especially like vocalists and stuff it's like really like certain vibes or you know sort of wheelhouses and stuff and to be able to like lean in to all of this stuff and be like, oh, yeah. you're so versatile, it'll be fine, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and and I, my brother too will be holding it down on on drums. So it's like there's kind of like a core band that's going to be yeah. that that is incredibly versatile and is like my basically my college band uh, plus my wife plus my brother and like and then there's going to be this sort of swirl like ever changing sort of amorphous super group kind of oozing all over the stage the from frost song waltz. to song. It's That's gonna what I'm be gonna call it. it's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be so fun. We have like we have all sorts of ideas and, and fun stuff. But so it's just going it's like an unapologetically just positive we're all gonna get together, just total like love fest party amazing time. And I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of work to, so we've so we have like a year. That's the other sort of thing. Is like we have like a year. Uh, we've been scheming this thing for actually over a year. So it's like one a year to plan a year to plan forty people playing music on a single night, and all these people that I know are incredibly creative, wonderful people. And so like all of these ideas are kind of coming out of the woodwork. Well, it'd be cool if we did this. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Let's do this. So I, I, that's part of the ball. reason I'm going. I'm playing, but I really just love train wrecks, and I can't wait to see 40 people who haven't played together get into a room and play <laughs> for three hours. Thing, like, it's gonna be great. What could go wrong? It's gonna be. Good. I just I heard there's free LSD, so that's why. <laughs> Every, but like that's the thing like the whole audience is going to be in on the joke right like they're not expecting to see the talking heads perform right like they're expecting to see this big beautiful snowball train wreck thing and like that's the fun of it is like it's it's we're all kind of just in on it together and it's just going to be a well, blast cool. so all right well that should be fun uh shop maniacs if you want to hang out in pittsburgh uh 
head over to frostpalooza dubbradfrost.com. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this new podcast. Be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Mastodon this time and shop talk show at front dash end dot social. And uh, if you want to join the real party, join us in the discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. And Chris, anything else you'd like to say? Mm. Stop, doc, show.com. Dump, bum, 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 bum.